are so excited. We're the Home Reviews Podcast. We are here for a special Christmas bonus episode. We're very excited. Uh, we're going to be talking all things Christmas Carol. And I'm Rachel Ambers here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and our special guest, Alonzo Duralde, is back on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so exciting. Oh, thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's been, we last talked to you in, or I last talked to you in April. Right. So. <laughs> that March Madness bracket, still mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all knew that Winkles and that was going to win. I, so. uh, I was not informed, but I know better for next year now. Yeah, you got you to gotta always remember, in a popular vote, you got to look at the voters. True. <laughs> it was, it was a very <laughs> tricky tournament. I hope they work on that. But anyway, we're very excited. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're talking Christmas Carol. Like, in case... Our guests don't know who you are and didn't listen to the previous uh, episode. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about your book? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, I'm the film reviews editor at The Wrap. I, I co-host the Linoleum Knife podcast with my husband, Dave White. I'm also co-host of another podcast called Who Shot Ya? But for our purposes, I'm here because I uh, literally wrote the book about Christmas movies, Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas. Uh, and there's an entire, thank you, yes, uh, <laughs> on Rachel's shelf. I'm yeah. sure it's there. 24-7-365. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I devoted an entire chapter to Christmas Carol adaptations because there's so dang many of them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's just dive in. So why do you think the story of Christmas Carol has remained so relevant for so long and so popular? Well, you know, I think it's at its base, just kind of a perfect redemption story. You know, guy hates Christmas, guy is shown the error of his ways, guy loves Christmas. Like you can't beat that as an arc. Uh, and, and I think that variations of that arc find their way into movies like It's a Wonderful Life and even Home Alone, you know, where somebody gets a glimpse of what life might have been like or could be like if they don't reform themselves, you know. Um, and of course, the fact that it's in the public domain <laughs> makes it catnip because you can do it for free. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, it, is, it is part of our kind of unconscious at this point, like I don't know, the Paul Bunyan story. You know, it's just this thing that we've had uh, that's in our collective DNA from, from childhood onward. And, you know, as we've seen, it loans itself to different eras and different circumstances and changing the genders and changing the location. So, you know, you can do your straight up Victorian England snowy streets, but you can set it in Hollywood. You can set it in the music industry. You can set it in, you know, big business or a television network or wherever. And, uh, you know, the main beats survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that what I like about it, at least, because I love Christmas Carol. Back in 2014, I reviewed over, I reviewed like 35 versions on my blog. Wow. I spent the entire month of December <laughs> uh, reviewing it. And it's really hard. There are some that are terrible, but they have to try really hard to be terrible. I, I don't know, I just, I love stories about lost causes. Mm. And I think that that's what makes Christmas Carol great is that, is that he seems like a lost cause to everybody. Right. And yet here there's this whole backstory to him. There's all this, you know, and, and he is able to change. And, and I'd like to believe that anybody could, could change and, and, uh, and repent and, and uh, you know, become a better person. And, and I think, uh, so I don't know, it's just a story I've always loved to me. The local theater does, uh, several of them do Christmas Carol and that's just like key to me to go to a mm. live rendition of Christmas Carol every year. I just, I love the story and 
I don't know, it always makes me cry. <laughs> it's one of those stories where you see where the paths diverge, you know, like at what point does he make which decision that takes him which way? And yeah, the idea that it's fixable, that it's reversible makes all the difference. Yeah. What do you think, Amber, about Christmas Carol? I, you know, I like a Christmas Carol like most people. Um, for me growing up, I'm pretty sure the first exposure I had to a Christmas Carol was Scrooged. And oh, that's been mainly my, yeah, with Bill Murray, my, mostly for, that's what I know is A Christmas Carol. Like, obviously, I'm aware of the Albert Finney version, and I've seen it, and A Muppet's Christmas Carol, and all of the other TV adaptations, but, like, even more so than Dickens's A Christmas Carol, it's mostly always like, oh, and they've adapted Scrooged, which is, just, <laughs> like, I know <laughs> I, I weep for your generation. <laughs> I know that's not like, I, that's not even my generation. That's just me. But, but that's just like, because it, it's the first thing that I remember being a Christmas Carol. So that's sure. my, my touchstone, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely want to yeah. recommend, for anybody who's a fan of the book, there's a really great uh, annotated version that, that they put out. It's a big hardcover, and they footnote every dang, like, every unit of measurement and of money and, like, all the things that make no sense in 21st century America. They actually go through and translate what it means, all the little sort of Dickensy oh. thing moment, you know, references that no one now would get. You know, they go in and explain it to you. So it adds a whole extra level of, like, oh, that's what that means, yeah. you know. And that's why they're talking about you know, bakeries being closed on Sunday or whatever. Like there's all right. those little things get explained that it really, it, it, it enhances the, the, uh, the experience. That sounds really cool. Yeah. You really ought to, people ought to read the book because it's a deeper um, story than just someone not being nice. Uh, <laughs> that you get in some of these versions uh, and that's fine. I'm not a hardcore traditionalist with adaptations of any really thing. If they do it well and get the tone right. Um, but uh, but clearly we'll see today that I'm not hardcore. Um, but uh, but I, uh, I I don't know. I think there's there's a spirituality to the book that I don't that almost never gets translated into the movies, which is fine. But uh, I do like I, I do like reading the the book, and I got some of those things. Uh, and it's short. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Can add to your Goodreads uh, read, write, reading challenge. Exactly. Very easy. Knock it off in an afternoon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about four different uh, TV versions. All of these at one time or another played on Hallmark. Um, mm. But I think... Um, uh, did a Diva's Christmas Carol ever play on Hallmark? <laughs> According to Wikipedia, it did. Because I guess they, they changed... Um, some of the more saucy language <laughs> when it played on Hallmark. Well, I'll accept cute. that. It was produced for VH1, so I don't yeah. think it was that saucy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe too hot for Hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I, I think the Carrie Fisher one was the only one that was like made for Hallmark. Mm. Yeah. So, but they all have played it one time or another, so they all count and wrong. <laughs> well, I think uh, Carol Christmas, the Tory Spelling one was also Hallmark. Was that? I was thinking it was Lifetime. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I didn't look that up. I think it might be Lifetime, but yeah, don't quote me on that one either. Yeah. I'm, I'm like 95% I'm right, but it doesn't matter. This is not the point of this podcast. <laughs> well, and we, 
want to hear uh, what you think of these and also which versions are your favorite. Uh, let us know in the comments section or on Twitter or wherever. Uh, let us know. That'd be great. So let's start with the oldest one and, uh, and then we will go up. So, okay. So the, the oldest one that we talked about that we're going to talk about is called Ebby. And this is from 1995. And it stars Susan Lucci as the Scrooge character, Ebby Scrooge, which I think is a pretty solid name for a female Scrooge. <laughs> I've heard worse. Yeah, yeah it's not Erlinda. <laughs> Last year on Christmas, what was that? Christmas Melody or Christmas? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. A, it, we don't talk about that movie anymore. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, yeah, so... Susan oh, Ebonita, I think, is the name they, they used in the Cicely Tyson one. That one's absolutely... Ooh. I mean, but that's at least better than Erlinda. Like, that's, um, that, that's like, a, not a real name, but it's close to Ebenezer. Fair um, enough. <laughs> where did anyone even come up with Erlinda? Yeah, so this take is uh, all that she's running in a department store, and she is just the Scrooge of the department store, and uh, she has uh, a, the Cratchit character is Robbie, Roberta's Robbie Cratchit, played by Wendy Crewson. And uh, they, they kind of set it up as in the beginning, they set it up, you get to meet all these different people that work for her and they all kind of hate working for her. <laughs> um, and the creative, I think the creative part that they did is they have uh, all these different employees end up becoming the ghosts, which I thought was kind of clever. No, th yeah, that that's a good one. I mean, it, it's, as we'll see as we go on on with these, like these movies are obviously made on more of a budget than a lot of your, your like, you know, big screen Scrooges, uh, but they kind of come up with sort of clever ways to sort of, you know, uh, make, get, get, squeeze the most out of what they got. So yeah, we were introduced to different characters in the department store who, for one reason or other, are being terrorized by Ebby, and then they then return as the ghost. This was a, 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 a similar thing they did in the, um, the Henry Winkler, an American uh, Christmas Carol, which was mm -hmm. also done for TV, which was set during the depression. And it was basically all the ghosts were people that owed him money, uh, mm -hmm. who he was like foreclosing on or whatever earlier in the film. And then they pop up in his unconscious as the spirits. Yeah, I like that. Amber, what was your overall feeling about this movie? I felt like this was the like, it was basically, it felt to me, like a straight adaptation of the movie, I mean, of the book. But like, like I feel like they used some of the same dialogue from mm -hmm. the books. Um, it felt very true, other than the fact that obviously it's set in modern times and Ebenezer is a lady. Um, and then also, um, yeah, it was just, I really liked it. Yeah, they really do. It, they have the benefactors, which then I don't think any of the other of these movies have, which was cool. And uh, they even Jacob Marley at a certain point says, she says, I was too busy to care. And, uh, and then man, he says, mankind was my business. The common good was my business. When I was alive, I kept my eyes closed. But now I am forced to see such misery. And so the whole idea here is that Jacob is her like business partner and they were really like unscrupulous as you know, as always, this is the case, but anyway, running the, uh, the department store <laughs> and, well, but he had just died one year before. 
in right. this version. Like in the book. Uh, or actually, no, it's seven years, I guess, in the book. Okay. Uh, uh, Rachel, is that, if you've watched a lot of Christmas carols in a row, like I did, I'm sure you start kind of keeping a tally. Okay, are the benefactors in there? Are ignorance and want in there? Are, you know, like, is the, 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 the people in the lighthouse, the, the, the poor couple who are thrilled to hear his dead? Like, there's, there's these, these sort of secondary figures throughout the story that some adaptations work in and some don't, or they pick yeah. and choose one. So it's kind of funny to keep a running, yeah. you know, a scoreboard after a while that um, this was a this was a groundbreaking movie because uh, this is the first uh, Scrooge is a horrible career woman movie oh, uh, okay. which began a whole subgenre of Scrooge is a horrible career woman <laughs> including the uh, the Cicely Tyson one and the you know Diva's Christmas Carol which we'll talk about and several other ones but this one uh, this was first across the finish line yeah that's true it's a it's a <laughs> <laughs> They're breaking the glass ceiling of uh, <laughs> exactly <Christmas> adaptations. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They, this one they really do use quite a bit from the book, and it the 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 lighthouse people. That's extremely rare. Hardly yeah. any adaptations have yeah. that. <laughs> like I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part in I think Christmas Present where Scrooge, like they he they they show him like people who are under like horrible circumstances, but are still celebrating Christmas and have the spirit of Christmas inside them. And they go to this lighthouse. It's like super out in the middle of nowhere. And these people are alone and, you know, like having to keep the lighthouse lit, but, and even they manage to like muster together some little celebration, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's a little passing moment that, yeah, like, like Rachel said, most adaptations skip, but every so often you'll see it, you know, ignorance and want uh, the, mm -hmm. the Christmas present shows him at the very end of his trip as, as being like these horrible children that Scrooge is helping to keep alive. Uh, mm -hmm. They very rarely show up, but every so often they do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only ones I can think of that have the lighthouse is the Patrick Stewart version yes. and the Robert Zemeckis version. The Robert Zemeckis version, I know people hate it, but it is very accurate to the book. Except for yeah. The to the point around. where they, they drag in lines like the thing about the bakeries on Sunday, where it's like, you're unless you have read that annotated version, you're like, what are they even talking about? <laughs> yeah. It's true. The carriage chase scene, however, that's pure as <laughs> not in the book. original work. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, I kind of liked. I thought it was sort of clever that they they talk about the uh, the three ghosts as three appointments, mm. and she says, "I can't, I can't take them all at once. Set up a conference call." I thought, yeah, I died on a conference call. I literally, <laughs> I laughed out loud. Uh, you gotta love a '90s movie where somebody whips out their cell phone and it's like the size <laughs> of a brick. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I kind of uh, liked that she she goes like through the TV with like this giant, you know, with the remote in order to get to the um, to the things that I, and he's talking to his boss on the phone and he's like, and you think I was tough. <laughs> that was good. Um, so in Christmas past, they have the two perfume girls from earlier as the uh, as the as the dual pra uh, past, right. uh, this is Jennifer Clement and Nicole Parker as these ghosts. I don't know, Amber. What do you think of them? Fine. I don't know. I wasn't honestly. I wasn't like super blown away by any of the ghosts. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of have one joke each. Like Christmas past is like, hey, they're doo wop singers because it's the past. Get it? You know. Yeah. And then like you have the gift wrapping person as the ghost of Christmas present because it's the yeah. presents and the wrapping of the presents <laughs> and then future is just like what the store detective who's kind of a jerk or something yeah yeah so um one thing they do that's kind of interesting is they have the same woman playing 
Fran and the daughter. Yeah. Yes. Which was different. And they have that the whole like concept is she meets her man, Paul, uh, at this party and she goes to the party because uh, her sister is like out a month left and she ends up, her, she comes back from the party and she's had toxemia, she's miscarried the baby and uh, she thinks that this was her fault and that's kind of what sends her into a spiral of becoming this horrible person because mm. uh, she feels this guilt. Uh, what do you think of that, Alonzo? Well, I mean, it's a bit of a switch. I think, you know, uh, the, the thing about changing the gender of Scrooge, I think sometimes they, they maybe kind of go overboard in the, well, how would a woman be in this, you know? <laughs> and so the idea is, whereas Scrooge doesn't like Fred because uh, Scrooge's sister Fan dies in childbirth and he blames Fred for it, they kind of reverse it around to where she blames herself and, you know, yeah, like that's that that's somehow more feminine. I don't know. It, it's it's not terrible, you know. And and I, I do appreciate an adaptation that doesn't feel completely shackled to the material, where they can kind of create their own their own sort of sub uh, universe of of how they would tell the story. Like for example, the famous Alistair Sim movie in the fifties uh, adds in a thing where Scrooge and Marley both work for Fezziwig, and they take the company from him. Mm-hmm. And that adds a little something to the story, given that Scrooge and Fezziwig's daughter had a thing and then they break up. So, like, you know, I'm okay with people, you know, playing with the material a little, as long as they do something mm-hmm. interesting. And, and I think the, most, of the, most of the additions and, uh, and subtractions here are, are pretty smart. And the fact that Molly Parker plays the sister slash niece, is, she's a terrific actress. She has done a lot of cool Canadian indies. She was on House of Cards. Like, she's, she's had a, a really good career. She's a Mrs. Robinson in Lost in Space. Oh, right. Yes. I keep forgetting that. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> How I dare the, you forget that? <laughs> I watched the pilot. And I really liked it. And then like most other Netflix shows, I haven't had time to go back. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. need to, you need to add a plug-in so you can watch things at two times speed. I, I guess that's the trick because I love me some Parker Posey, so I, I have no excuse. I got. Oh, she's so great. Right here. Okay, just sorry, we got distracted. No, you're fine. <laughs> they do that here, though. In this, in this one, they have a scene where Jake and Abby, I guess, are taking the company away from the original Dobsons. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 So, so they, they they bring back that idea. <laughs> yeah, um, which is pretty interesting, and I I thought it was kind of fun that obviously it's such a pun, but. The presence is that, and it's like the gift wrapping lady that you've seen right. from earlier. And I liked Lorena Gale as this ghost. I thought she was pretty fun. And uh, and she kind of complained about her bonus being really lame. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I, I think that what maybe hurts this version, at least for me, is I thought that Paul was such a dweeb. <laughs> I never <laughs> ended at all. Yeah, well. Also, I if you're gonna have, I feel like a lot of the times, if you're gonna have Paul, make it so that Paul and Belle, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, ha- and it's gonna be a made-for-TV Hallmark movie. Uh, let her get together with Paul at the end. Don't give him his own life. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, in uh, there's that scene with with. <laughs> in lingerie and him in the towel i was like i, I don't know <laughs> this is how you know was that was not, not my hallmark or, uh... yeah <laughs> candle no I, it was funny i just thought he was kind of didn't do it for me uh so 
Uh, yeah, and they do kind of the typical, you see uh, Franny and, uh, you know, the hanging out. You find out that Franny's going to have a baby. Um, I like the ones where they make fun of Ebenezer, though. And yeah. they didn't do that here. And I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't pull your punches. <laughs> but they did actually show Jacob Marley dying in this one, which is kind of interesting. You know, he's like literally there at the table. They've just uh, kind of signed, or the, I don't know, they've just made this deal. And he's like, we gotta, we gotta work, we gotta work, we gotta schedule things and plop, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then for future, it's uh, the, uh, this guy, Luther, <laughs> who is like the security guard that she scolds at the beginning of the movie because he, she spots somebody shoplifting, he doesn't. She's like, why aren't you doing your job? And he's like, <laughs> was already playing the group keeper and uh and i don't know it was really kind of funny and weird um but he uh he, he's the uh um he's the future and uh you know you, you basically see her that nobody you know nobody's going to the funeral the, the whole typical uh whole typical thing uh she's so lonely I did totally love, though, that the gossipy nurses are the ones who are like, nobody cares. And they were, like, taking off bedding, even though it wasn't, like, Ebenezer's bedding. I right. like that. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good callback. Uh, and you see that Tiny Tim has died. And, uh, and What was Tiny Tim's malady in this? Um, um, it was, I think it's... Uh, he, I know there's a whole thing about how he wants to skate, so he's sort of, like, you know, debilitated in some vague fashion that is never elaborated. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I did like his song though. I thought that was kind of sweet. It sings Angels We've Heard on High. It's a it's a falsetto, that kid. So yeah, that um and we do see ignorance and poverty come out of they have an ignorance and poverty in this one come out mm. of the presence and they're kind of jumping all around. Uh <laughs> it, as uh Pre as present is leaving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like a little much. Like, I don't think ignorance and poverty are for me. I don't think we should cut them from the show because I think they're weird. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's, a little, um, it's a little, little something for the fans of the book at home. Yeah. I guess, I guess. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, and she gets hit by a car. That's how she dies in this one. And uh, in the future. And she says, I, and she says, I know I can make things better by being better. And the thing is, is, I think with all of the all of these, they do not do Crazy Scrooge right. Like, I don't know, none of them are like because I love like when he you know when he wakes up, Alistair Simpson's so great in the doing this, you know, like freaking out the the Happy the, Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, Happy Scrooge, Crazy Scrooge, or well, I love that. I think it's so fun, and, and none of these really do that. And then, I don't know, especially the Tory Spelling. We'll talk about that. I was like, that's such a missed <laughs> opportunity. Like they should be freaking out. Yeah, I like the Albert Finney one where he's going nuts and the movie reprises like every musical number that they had in the whole movie. And it's just like 20 minutes of singing and dancing and jumping around and bell choirs and pipers and, you know, tumblers and everything. It's nuts. Yeah. So out of these four, where would you, where would you rank this one? I'll, go, I'll, I'll, I'll rank this second. Okay, good. 
Um, I think I will do, I think I'll do third for me on this one. That is so funny because I was super tempted and I'm very conflicted about whether to make it second or third. <laughs> so you guys, I think we're going to agree a lot. Um, but I'm going to, I'm actually just going to put this one third for a very specific reason and we'll talk about it later. Okay, good. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> keep tuned in. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about A Diva's Christmas Carol. So this is 2000. This was for VH1. And the whole, like, I guess the whole take on this one is that Scrooge is a pop star, like kind of a Whitney Houston wannabe kind of pop star or whatever. And Diva, uh, played by Vanessa Williams, <laughs> and her name is Ebony. I think yes. it's pretty solid. That's a good name. It's yeah, a like really last, good name. Her last name is Scrooge, but she never uses it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, why would you when you could just exactly. be Ebony? Ebony. Yeah. So, uh, so Amber, what are your overall thoughts on this one? Um, I love this one. Um, this is single-handedly one of the best Christmas songs of all time, The Heart of Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, like, I cannot find it somewhere to download, but, like, I think I like this song more than All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Whoa. Hot take. That's yeah, hot take. Words. <laughs> I'm not saying it's better. I just think I like it more. Right. Sure. Um, so, yeah. And when this movie came out, uh, this was, like, in the height of VH1. So mm -hmm. it's amazing. Um, and, you know, like, I watched every like vh1 behind the music show at that time so i like i just spent my whole life basically watching vh1 and mtv and the box in the year 2000 so <laughs> this movie was just like perfect for me at this time i love vanessa williams i love this movie yeah long so, story short i love it <laughs> so Alonso, do you think that vanessa williams makes a convincing diva uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> There are moments where you kind of wonder, does she know the camera's on? Like, you know, no, I, I have no idea. She could be nice as pie for all I know. But yeah, she's very convincing as a uh, high stress, like, you know, uh, needy, uh, uh, high maintenance yeah, a diva. No, this is, this is one of my favorite adaptations, you know, TV or otherwise. It's really smart. They really thought out how to take the skeleton of this story and put it in a very specific milieu. And... Uh, and the fact that it was VH1 producing it and that they make The Ghost of Christmas Future an episode of Behind the Music is yes. Yes. Yeah. It's one of like the best ideas anybody's ever had in a Christmas Carol movie. Um, yeah. You know, and so yeah, I, I think it's, it's a treat. It's just, it's smart and it hits all the emotional notes and you got Kathy Griffin, like what more do you want? Yeah, no, they really do a good job. I really think it's, it's clever and I, I think it actually holds up relatively well, like as far as just even, like obviously it's sort of cheesy special effects and stuff, but I kind of like that for this kind of movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just didn't, didn't I get a kick out of it. I think it's really, really fun. And there is a heart to it, I think, that they get that heart of Christmas Carol. Uh, and the only flaw I have with this one is, it is a good song, The Heart of Christmas, but all the musical numbers are too long. <laughs> um, the the heart of Christmas can never be too long. <laughs> like fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I, I, I just, that, was, that was probably a VH1 thing where they're like they they didn't want to stray too far from their you know 
mission as a network or whatever. So they had to like make sure to up the musical count. Um, it, it'll be curious to see, you know, in a way, this is, I think, going to date itself faster than the Victorian ones because, yeah. you know, a, a kid who is 15 now, like, probably doesn't know what Behind the Music was, like, doesn't remember when that was that, that zeitgeist moment. So it may be that this is one that we'll treasure, you know, for the rest of our lives. But you show it to young people, they're like, I don't, who are yeah. these, what, you know. Um, but that's a risk you always run when you modernize a property like this. Yeah, so they have the uh, the Marley character. Dick Marley character is a Marley uh, former partner um, that died from a drug overdose, yeah. and uh, and they have like pretty gnarly where she takes off her head. I think that's pretty good for this kind of movie. Like I think it's pretty good, and I yeah, like there's some of those, those Marleys where he's got the kerchief wrapped around his head and he yeah. takes it off and the jaw just drops. Uh, right. And I, and I like kind of how they were able to, it was kind of clever the way they integrated the chains into her wardrobe and in a, like a way that fit the style I thought pretty yeah. good. And uh, so that was that's pretty funny. Chill, that's Chili from TLC, by the way. Yeah, that's <laughs> Chili from TLC. Which honest, every time I watch this now, it makes me really sad because I think of Left Eye. I know. Which yeah. is like, like legitimately, I like anytime I see any of the girls from TLC, but especially this where she's playing like a, a type too young pop yeah. star. I'm just like, mm. and she's not just playing Marley. She's playing Marley Jacob. Yeah. Well, and I think they do a pretty good job of like making this version of Scrooge, her like transition seems pretty like understandable. Mm -hmm. Like if you had this abusive father, you've gone to foster care. Uh, and the idea, like she lives in like constant fear of, of losing everything and being poor. Like she, you know, in the, in the in regular version, you know, you fear the world too much. And, and that yeah. is, that is this character. Yeah. The thing to remember about Scrooge is he's not a monster. He is the product of his time and of his surroundings. And, and, you know, Dickens is sort of, the, that, that's part of what makes this story work so well is you have one ghost showing him everything that, that's led up to this moment. One ghost showing him all the thing, all the repercussions of his behavior in the right now and then the other one showing him where it's going to lead to in the future and so yeah i mean the best scrooges are the most i think the most compassionately painted ones where they're not just mean and selfish like we understand why we know where that comes from we understand the life circumstances whether it's you know being shipped off to school or being worried about money or or whatever that molds them into the person they become and it also gives you that that idea that they can still be fixed you know that, that, that it's not too late for them to be redeemed yeah the, the an unusual choice they make in this one is they have the bell character and the cratchit character is basically the same character where mm -hmm. you have this guy bob that she used to have a relationship with that's her manager and and bob has this child who is uh sick and he's married and i uh, and I think it is kind of unusual that, that in this kind of a movie, you'd, you'd expect for them to somehow get together in the end, but because he's married, like they can't really do that. Um, so she just ends up helping him and helping, uh, helping his, uh, his son. And uh, yeah, so anyway, that's a little bit different. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe with these stories, the, there's, they run the risk of if Scrooge gets everything at the end, including his, his or her lost love, mm -hmm. and maybe that, colors the well is 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 this all this happening because he's he or she's truly trying to change their life 
or they're just trying to win this person back. Whereas if you take the lost love off the table and makes it clear that it's not about winning them back, then I think it makes it sort of a more pure redemption because it's not like there's this immediate reward involved mm-hmm. for becoming a better person. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, and so Kathy Griffin is the first, is the ghost of a Christmas past, and she is really funny. And she's, last year I had to show Tom Ford all his Christmases. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. And, uh, and she says, well, mate, these aren't real people. It's like Los Angeles. That was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and then um, uh, we also do find out in the past that her uh, her that her other partner Terry is on Skid Row doing terrible uh, because she had been sued. Like she tried to do a a new version of their band Desire, mm-hmm. and she got sued by Ebony for it, and so now she's doing really bad. So that was different you have uh present is played by john taylor and he's like this party rocker dude guy um and i don't know what do you think of him amber um i think he's pretty fun mm-hmm. i really liked it i mean for real the thing all of my perceptions are colored by like 12 year old 13 year old me who was obsessed with vh1 so uh-huh. really all of the like musical notes and all that stuff really struck a chord with me Look at what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and so all of the, like, I just was feeling it. I just always, like, even rewatching this, I was feeling it. So I like yeah. Long story short, I like him. I, you get to see Bob quit in that scene in the present. And I also like, she says, uh, I really have to cut it off with Anne Hayes. What's fun at a party isn't a relationship. <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't know if he's a little, he's a little annoying, but I think he's supposed to be. Uh, but, um, and then Future is, like you said, Alonzo, is this behind the music documentary, which I think was so clever and yeah. so good. And you have uh, various executives and people work for and stuff. And one of them says she's worth 10 times more dead than alive. <laughs> and that seems to be the thing that really gets, uh, and <clears throat> gets her. And uh, in the beginning, she says, she says, they're, they're probably talking about Celine Dion. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure Amber was very excited to see Brian McKnight. I was. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, and we she has an, she has a niece um, who she sees in there as well, Olivia, and yeah, and then she wakes up and she uh, is able to. There's also this like this uh, corrupt accountant who's like stealing all of her money. And so there's that whole angle too. And overall, it's just really fun. It's really entertaining. It's funny. I think it's pretty well written. And <clears throat> so, yeah, I really like this one a lot. So it would be my my favorite, my number one. Same here. Yeah. Uh, you guys are never going to believe this, <laughs> but it is also my number one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough. I do love Carrie Fisher, but you know, it's just, it's just really good. So it just like, it just on, it takes me back like this and NSYNC's Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays are like <laughs> my youth Christmas <laughs> in a little time capsule. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about A Carol Christmas. This is 2003. And this take is Tori Spelling plays this woman named Carol, who is this diva talk show host. 
and uh, she is just bossing everybody around, making everybody terrible. And the reason why she learned to be this way was because of her aunt, uh, Marla. And, <laughs> um, and, you know, basically taught her to be ruthless and uh, that nobody was going to hand her anything. And it's just kind of this, uh, I don't know, it's basically like a, I, uh, the worst version of a show, of a of a uh, stage mom kind of thing that you could have and so there there's there's also like two kind of Bob Cratchits in this there's this guy um played by Michael Landis who's kind of like a showrunner type guy and then there's um uh there's um uh there's the woman uh, uh named I forgot to write down her name uh, but um, I think it's like Roberta, Roberta. or something like that. Roberta, Roberta? Timmons. Yeah, <laughs> who has because a daughter. Her, her, because you refer to her daughter as Tiny Timmons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and her, uh, her husband is wanting to take the daughter back. And so there's all this custody. And also like her, uh, Tori Spelling's nieces, uh, they, they bring her these they bring her these presents and she's just like why did he give me a rock like <laughs> it's a paperweight oh so funny and she's like he didn't work very hard on this <laughs> um and but the assistant roberta gets like good presents and like is always filling in for um carol and uh so yeah, so Jacob Marley is is Aunt Marla, and so this kind of unique because usually Marley isn't related to Scrooge. Mm -hmm. uh, but I actually think that the Barbie version of the Christmas <laughs> Carol actually does this exact same thing better, <laughs> and I think it's a little more creative. I'm so embarrassed that I've seen the Barbie Christmas Carol, but it oh, was part of it was book research. <laughs> <laughs> the animation is terrible, but I actually oh, think it's clever things and. Uh, yes, no. In, in that one, the 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 Scrooge character is like a, a high-strung actress who has, you know, de so devoted herself to her career under the yeah. thumb of her stage mom or aunt or whatever. Yeah. That, that's why she's so horrible. And yeah, that's kind of the same deal on this one. Um, you know, people. I, this is one where you mention to people, and the, the eye rolling begins immediately. They're like, uh, Tori Spelling, you know. But she's an underrated comic actress. Like, mm -hmm. if you watched her. VH1 show, um, whatever it was called, I've forgotten now. Um, and or, she, or in the movie Trick, like she's actually, I think, really funny, and she's she can do comedy. You know, she can do yeah. like sort of barbed dialogue when it's sort of aimed at her the right way. And uh, and the aunt is played by the great um, uh, Dinah Manoff, as a character actor. She was in Ordinary People and a bunch of other stuff. She's Lee Grant's daughter. Um, so you Most know, they, importantly, they actually... she's Marnie in Greece. She is Marty. You're right. Yes, indeed. She is in Greece. Um, there are a ton of, they, this one's actually really well cast. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you got the chat, you got Gary Coleman, uh, you know, who plays, uh, yeah, James Nina Shamasco as Roberta Simmons, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think actually people would be surprised if they actually watched it, but it's fairly straightforward. Like, yeah. Aside from making her talk show host, like it pretty much goes through the beats of the Christmas Carol. Like totally. even Christmas Carol takes way more risks. Yeah, this one is is pretty much yeah. You're right. Once you get past the sort of initial switch of of the place, it's it is it does pretty much hit the beats as you would expect. But it 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 I think it earns its sentiment. I like the fact that Tiny Tim 
you know, the, the Lily, I think is her name, uh, that, that we, we feel for her because she's in the middle of this ugly custody battle and not because she has some unspecified disease, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the, the Dickens thing. I, I find Tiny Tim to be the trickiest part to pull off in almost any Scrooge adaptation because it's such an easy way to milk tears from the audience and to like sort of just kind of indulge in really sappy sentimentality. But if you do it right, it, you know, it, it can, it, it, it's like, it's t- tears you don't have to feel guilty about. Like Scrooge, for example, for whatever other issues I might have with it, the fact that, that you know, you have this kid who's been traumatized, who has not spoken at all for years, mm-hmm. that he says, God bless us, everyone. It's just that he's saying anything that, that is the moving moment. Like that's a, that's a moment that lands. That's a movie, moment that actually works. And I think that the Tiny Tim in this movie, you know, it, it's easier to empathize with her and it doesn't, it feels less manipulative than, oh, look, she has a limp, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that Tiny Tim and the Belle character are probably the two hardest. True. And I'm not a huge fan of the Belle character in this one. This uh, uh, Jason Brooks is his name, uh, played by John Joyce. I, he's just like a paragon of virtue, so it makes him mm. really lame. He, he like runs a soup kitchen. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <laughs> good grief. Um, Put the halo right on him. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, but I did love the scene at the beginning when Aunt Marla <laughs> takes the, the girls, at, makes her be Mary, and she's like, you're not going to be doing Murr? Like, what is this? This is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, you get scenes with her dating this guy, and... Um, Marla tells her, always keep them waiting, which I think is probably really bad advice, I would think, in show business, but what do I know? Um, and <laughs> uh, yeah, and so past is Gary Coleman, and I think he's fine in this. I think he's perfectly cute and fine. Yes, he's, he's in on the joke. It's not, it's not a joke that's made at his expense. Mm-hmm. Right. You do find out that Aunt Marla is making deals on the side to like help her and right. help her and that that she's like compromising her show that like eventually uh, Carol's show is going to be like doing basically Jerry Springer kind of things. So, so, so like. <laughs> there's like a redneck Santa at the beginning. <laughs> Um, so, okay. And then, yeah. And then present is William Shatner. The big thing of his is he only speaks in cliches, which is kind of funny. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and, he's, and he's playing a Dr. Phil type, so that works. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, really, you just put William Shatner on the screen. You let him do his thing. Boom. You nailed it. Wind him up and let him go. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's where you get the whole scene with the, the, uh, the girl getting the husband trying to take ex-husband trying to take the tiny tim girl um Mm -hmm. from her and you see john at the soup kitchen and uh yeah so and then future is limo driver played by james cromwell which is so random (laughs) like what is he doing in this movie (laughs) he's a workhorse that guy yeah his rate and he's there on time yeah i was like who is that i know that (laughs) <laughs> that person and so i had to look it up and it's uncredited uh, so that's maybe i got that was, that was <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a funny clip with uh, what her show has become and it's all um people wanting to say i hate you <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> their family just hilarious oh uh, but i do think that this I, I just feel like especially with tori spelling the crazy scrooge 
the reborn Scrooge should have been mm-hmm. way more over the top. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. just played like really sweet and sincere, which, which I guess is fine. But I think it could have been like when you hear that, oh, there's William Shatner and Gary Coleman and Tori Spelling in a movie, you expect it to be a little bit more over the top, I think, than it actually is. I think people are afraid of that level of, you know, uh, emotion, frankly, you know, like they, they you know, they, they're okay with making Scrooge despicable, but then to, to do that 360 or 180 rather and have, have, have the Scrooge character sort of just explode with goodness and generosity, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's the kind of thing where in old movies they were just afraid to like, yeah, what the heck, take the brakes off. But now people are, are more skittish about it. But yeah, they should, you know, it's Charles Dickens, you know, <laughs> he's not famous for the subtlety. You might as well just yeah. like shoot the words. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So Amber, where do you have this one ranked? Uh, this is my last place. Oh, no. <laughs> oh it's not your guys' last place. <laughs> no, this is actually my last place also, but I actually like it fine. I like it, like I said, it's kind of hard to make a version of Christmas card that I don't like, but some have succeeded. Uh, but this one I think is fine. I enjoy it just fine, but it's my least favorite of the four. Uh, it, it, I think it's it's my third, you know, uh, because I think that there are a lot of really good ideas in it, and I like the performances. And like I said, it's one of my one of my favorite uh, as written Tiny Tim's. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Perfect. Okay, our last one is our true Hallmark film, and this is it's Christmas Carol. <laughs> Uh, for 2012, yes. Uh, from uh, is there an exclamation point? That's funny. I think um, there is. <laughs> so this there one should be if there is a one. <laughs> so this one has Emmanuel Vegar as our Scrooge character, uh, named Carol, and she's running this publishing house. And Emmanuel Vegar has done some Hallmark movies. She's uh, she's been a number, but she's not the star of the film. <laughs> Obviously, um, Carrie Fisher is the star of the film, and I just think it's so funny that they were like, "Okay, we got Carrie Fisher. She's going to be Jacob Marley. She's going to be past. She's going to be present. She's going to be future. <laughs> she's going to do everything," <laughs> which I'm fine with because she's great. And I, they even kind of work it into the script a little bit, where they're like, "That Charles Dickens, he could like, uh, what did they say? Like, he." Uh, he was a bit much in painting all these spirits or something like that. They were going to align into the script about that. But yeah, so Emmanuel Vegar, she runs this publishing house and she started out really loving books, but has become like a total, just like you only worry about profits. You don't worry about the quality of the books at all. And she has uh, uh, this girl, Tanya, who there's kind of two Cratchit characters in this. There's this girl, Tanya, who tries to picture this great novel that she read, and she immediately fires her. <laughs> and then there's this assistant of hers named Kendra, who wants to get a transfer to Europe, to London, to be with her boyfriend. Uh, and she, like, really idolizes Carol. Uh, and uh, there's so there's that kind of relationship going on, too. Then you also, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where it starts. I don't know. Amber, what's your overall thoughts on this one? Um, I think this one's really fun. And for me, one of my favorite things that it does is like, shockingly, it feels the most hallmark of all of these. So I probably like it more than for its hallmarkness than for its, you know, Dickensness. <laughs> but um, 
like one of my favorite things in this whole movie is the very beginning where she walks by a bell ringer and she stops and is like digging in her purse and you think like oh she's gonna give to the bell ringer so she's a good person and then she just boom totally doesn't and it's so amazing because you're like whoa well this is true villainy here (laughs) hallmark says if you don't give to a bell ringer you're a bad person it's just it's so great and then at the end obviously she does give money to the bell ringer but there are so many points in this movie that feel like hallmark and like touch on hallmark things that i think that's why it speaks to me more than the other ones yeah yeah i think that's true i guess that's probably true in me and i just love, i love carrie fisher i just yeah. love her <laughs> so much <laughs> uh i actually i i got to have my picture taken with her at comic-con uh, one year I just love her so much. So I, I, I guess I maybe am a bit uh, biased in that way. But yeah, she's pretty funny. I think when she sees the bell ring, Sienna, she's like, try again later, try again next time. Yeah. She's <laughs> so, like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, so- I, I agree with you to the extent that, yeah, there's a, there's, this is the hallmarkiest of them all. And that's kind of my problem with yeah. it. it <laughs> feels so cheap you Uh know and it's like not that you you don't have to have a million locations or like crazy special effects even though this is a ghost story and it's a period piece and all these other things but as much as i adore carrie fisher i think she's brilliant it just feels like such a cheat to be like well we could pay carrie fisher or we could have four performers (laughs) so here's what we're gonna do and it just it always kind of sticks in my craw so That, like, it's like, yes, I like her. I'm glad she's in it, but I wish like they had also cast the other ghosts and they, they could only afford her. Just, I don't know. It, it, so much of the movie feels like it's all set in one house, as I recall. It's been a while since I've seen this one, but I don't know. There, I, there's just something about it that just feels so on a budget that it just yeah. kind of takes me out of it. But there are some fun things, and you're right. She is a she is she gets the scrooginess right. Um, but yeah, it, 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 there are times where. I'm okay with the sort of Hallmark cheapness, you know, where it's all, it's all, all the action is conscribed to about three, you know, town blocks and that's fine, you know, but this one, it, it starts to show for me. That That's fair. Like, and not to bring up the Barbie movie again, but <laughs> it's a similar, oh, the Barbie Christmas Carol, I really like the fact that the, uh, the Cratchit character in that movie actually becomes Scrooge in future and she mm-hmm. sees that, that this assistant has become like her and, and it's like kind of this this thing and I feel like you get a little bit of that with this Kendra character in here and I kind of like that you know that like she sees her you know because I, I think that that would be kind of like it's one thing it's kind of like it's one thing to I don't know to do something but then like when you see like your nieces and nephews doing it you're like oh shoot that's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's the idea like if Marley transformed Scrooge for Scrooge to see he or she having transformed somebody else really kind of brings it home. Like, uh, oh, this yeah. is the error of my ways. Yeah. 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 Uh, so <laughs> I think that was pretty good. Uh, I do also like the line that she says that she says, bigger is better. And, and uh, Scrooge says, uh, give me one example where bigger isn't better. <laughs> Carrie's fish is like um, tumors, cockroaches, holes in the wall. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, 
And they do have one, it's a little self-aware. There's a little thing about it being 1985 and she's like, it's not Star Wars, it's not, that was kind of funny. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, the whole romance, like it's, I do think that this Bell character is very difficult because this guy, I just, um, the old flame Ben, mm. uh, he's kind of lame. He's not my favorite. Um, but I do love the Viva Revolution <laughs> with Cressley and the other people that are working for her that are planning this like revolution where they're going to make their own company and everything like that. And I think they're kind of fun. I don't know. Not yeah, they're fun. They're, they're a fun little plot. What do you feel? No, I, you know, I, I'm not, uh, you know, it's like you, what you guys are saying that like, you know, uh, Carol Christmas is your fourth, but it, you still like it. I know. I mean, I'm not dead set against this movie. I just, yeah. it just is not my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and, you know, you do get a point where Kendra says, I thought I wasn't supposed to plan my life around a man. You're, and she says, and she says back to her, you're planning your life with your man. So that's kind of kind of good and Kendra is I, I think the only one there at her funeral in future also a whole subplot with her mother who has like Alzheimer's I think and she's just gotten somebody to take care of her but she uh she never goes to visit her so there's, there's all that going on uh and and then you get a whole line where she says all about her mother she says all she ever did was work and Carrie Fisher says but she didn't have a choice you do it because because it's just uh, i do like the scene with the closets that's pretty funny yeah closets and uh, i i also like the fact that she says scrooge was a smart businessman who was bullied into being a sentimental spendthrift <laughs> 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 yeah, nobody um, ever talks about like how long does it take for Scrooge to go broke <laughs> yeah. I also like when Carrie says you think everyone who works for you is happy I have to capture this look of total cluelessness <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean Carrie Fisher in this whole movie she has so many fun like one liners she probably wrote most of them <laughs> yeah that would just I mean I'm not mad sure no 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 it's <laughs> a plus <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then you get her coming back to Tanya's and, you know, having read the novel, especially I found time to read this whole novel and agreeing to publish it. And there's, she's going to give them all benefits and it's going to be amazing. And she agrees to give Kendra the transfer and they've stopped the Viva Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I really like this one. It's one of my favorite Hallmark movies. Uh, and maybe I just, maybe I give it too much credit for just loving Carrie Fisher so much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I have this at number two for my ranking. What about you, Amber? I also have it at number two because, you know, she gets a love at the end. Yeah, that's true. And I'm all about the love. <laughs> I know Alonzo's like, oh, it cheapens the change. No, 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 no. I don't need to worry about that. <laughs> Look, that's a theory. There's a lot of different ways to tell this story. You can include the love if you want the love. Uh, it is my number four, but I will say, y'all have convinced me. I will look at it again this year. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> guys, this was what this whole thing was for. <laughs> this is so great. So, okay. So, yeah. So, I have, for my ranking, I have Diva's Christmas Carol at number one. I have It's Christmas Carol at number two. I have Ebby at three. And I have 
at Carol Christmas at four. And Amber, what was your ranking? Um, my ranking was identical to yours. <laughs> Just on the same page. This is so weird. It's like we've been doing mm. this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lonzo, what was your ranking? Uh, so I think I was uh, Diva number one, and then Ebby uh, at two, Carol at three, uh, or sorry, Carol Christmas at three, and It's Christmas Carol at four. Yeah. Very good. Great. Well, this was really fun. I, I really do love a Christmas Carol and I'll put a link down if anyone wants to check out my Scrooge month reviews that I did a couple of years ago. I had a lot of fun with that. And it's just, I, it's just a really great story. And it's one of the, the great, great stories ever written. <laughs> there are a lot of really terrible animated versions for some reason. <laughs> uh, believe me, Although Mr. Magoo is still great. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mr. Magoo is really good. And the Barbie one is like one of the better. And that's not... It's better than the All Dogs Go to Heaven one or the oh Tim gosh. Curry one or the Nicholas Cage <laughs> one. <laughs> the All Dogs Go to Heaven one, there's like an evil sorceress who's going to poison the water. And that's how that gets hurt too. Well, and there's <laughs> also like the dogs raising money for a kid's operation or something. And it's like, it's <laughs> it's so Shouldn't they be raising money for <laughs> What's even happening here? It's so bad. Ugh. Yeah, it's really bad. So anyway, but check that out and let me know what you think. And it's so much fun to have you on, Lonzo. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a delight. And, uh, you know, y'all are, y'all do extraordinary work week in and week out. You keep up with an astonishing amount of content. And I'm, I'm always gobsmacked by that. But thank you for having me on. Uh, I, I, I know we have a... A very long Christmas season to plod through together. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing what you guys have to say about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. If you see us kind of going to some of those dark places on Twitter, just, <laughs> just, just know it's Rachel, not me, because yeah. I will always be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Amber is way better at pretending to like a movie than I am. <laughs> Yeah, talk, talk to me 36 Christmas movies from now, Amber. We'll just see. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, great. Well, why don't you tell people how they can uh, contact you on social media? Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I'm uh, at A Duralde, A D U R A L D E on Twitter, uh, at Linoleum Cast on Instagram. Um, I'm the only Alonzo Duralde on earth, so I'm super <laughs> easy to find in most places. Uh, and uh, yeah, Linoleum Life is uh, the podcast, and the book is Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas. Great. And we'll have all that in the description section, so check it out. And Amber, where can people find you? Um, as always, I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter. And that's it. And I do want to just say, if you like A Christmas Carol and you feel like you want to read a book, check out The Christmas Company by Elise Murray from Hallmark Publishing. Yeah. We have a podcast with her where we interviewed her and talked about the book. And if you haven't listened to that yet, that'll be down in the description below as well. Yeah, nice. definitely. It's a lot of fun. So there you go. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So check that out. And uh, make sure you're following the podcast, The Home Reviews Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you can put in your reviews on iTunes, we really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again. Give them a five-star right. review, people. Yes, please. They work, <laughs> they work hard for this. <laughs> if you leave a five-star review within the entire month of December, 
you will be entered into a drawing to win a copy of Alonzo Duralde's Have a Movie Little Christmas. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I didn't yes. even know they were going to do that. And I'm telling you to go leave a five-star review. <laughs> do it. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. And Merry Christmas, everybody. And yeah, God bless us, everyone. Right? Boom. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Right. Bye, everybody. Bye, you guys. Thanks.